On this episode of the Gnostic Deluge, we cover the second half of Asclepius from the Hermetica. This portion of the text covers the famous Egyptian apocalypse known popularly as the Prophecy of Thoth. We also discuss the true power of consciousness, why God gave it to humans, and how only a few people find the right way to use it. This one starts off a little rough, but we pick up speed as we get into it. Enjoy! Hey, Brandon. Greetings, Mark. <laughs> All right. Well, we're back and uh, back going to get into more of Asclepius and the Hermetica. We're going to continue where we left off. Yeah, I'm thrilled. I've been waiting for a few weeks to get back into this. Yeah. I bet you everybody else, too. Everybody's been, been on the edge of their seat. Like, when are they going to get back? So... We're back, and we're better than ever. And we're better than and ever. we might be even more readier than ever. Yeah, we'll see. I think that by nature of this being, wouldn't you say that this, we're getting into more of the popular quote, more of the more quoted parts of Asclepius? Yeah, this, yeah. yeah, this is, I mean, outside of like a, like the Hermetica where the whole as above, so below thing. Yeah. Actually, that's not even in the Hermetica, is it? That's in the... Well, that's in the um, that Kybalion, or mm-hmm. whatever some other text. The the, um, the op, green tablet. Green tablet. I'm always calling it the green tablet. The green tablet. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. <laughs> but this is this this. Uh, well, what we're talking about is the the Thoth's prophecy, which will be coming soon. Yeah, in in this text. Hey, did you pull two of those out? Um. Yeah. Mark just pulled out a, a soda and he didn't give Brandon one. He didn't hand me one. I, I was confused. Ouch. Well, I have I have ginger beer too. If you want that well, instead, I'll, I'll do this. Okay, good. Is is the ginger beer? Does it have sugar in it? No. Oh. Well, I don't know. Maybe. You... Well, I mean, yeah, I usually don't. I'm not supposed to have sugar right now. Well. Then you're good because there's no sugar. Zero. That's why they call it zero sugar. Brandon. Ooh. Zero. All right. So okay. So we left off kind of in in the middle of a conversation. Like the whole the whole thing is kind of a conversation, right? But we left off at a part where if we just started where we left off at, it would sound it wouldn't be clear completely, right? Because it was the next thing that uh, Asclepius says is all of these. Of which you speak, Trismegistus. What are they? Yeah. So the question is: Is what is Trismegistus speaking of right now? Yeah. Well, well. Let okay. Ask, let me ask you that question, Mark. Well, actually, <laughs> I don't want to go into that, but <laughs> like, I don't want to do that. Well, no, I'm saying like there's some parts where it's kind of like they talk about stuff, and it's he talks about matter and mind and different so that, things. so that's our so that's our uh, background. Yeah. Okay. He's kind of talking about yeah the different things. Um, even even there's a part where they talk about the world being a sphere. Yeah, which is interesting. Quite. Uh, I we, mean, this we, written two hundred. That's the thing is we would B- say today. A- yeah, we would say today that oh that's way before its time, but I don't think it really is. You know, 
I think yeah. that we teach. They were smarter than we talk. We we act like people didn't figure out the Earth was a sphere until like the Middle Ages or mm-hmm. the or the Renaissance time. We act like that. That's the way it is. But I think most intelligent people. Oh, never mind. I I, I believe that the more you look into it, it's evident that the people have known this for a long, long, long time. Yeah. Especially in Egypt, actually, it might be might be one of those. I wonder if it's one of those things where, like, I mean, it's the whole thing about discovery of America, and they thought, mm. you know, Christopher Columbus is like, no, I'm gonna sail around the world. It's kind of one of those legends. Yeah, sure, maybe. It was. It's a convenient. It's a convenient was, uh, story that they want you. That that's like it's. This is the history, and this is how it happened. Yeah. Anyway, I mean that's neither here nor there. No, it, you're right about that. But, but um, anyway, so he's talking about. There's just a mention of that, and um, so then it goes into again what we were talking about: uh, consciousness, the heavenly gift that is happiness for humanity alone. And this is um, not all humans, but only a, the few who have the mind to contain so great a bounty. They are right who have said that the soul of the gods is consciousness. So human beings have been given, I mean, if you, the soul of the gods. That's right. Just as just as many of the stories that we've gone over oh. this last couple of years have, have uh, you know, entertained that idea as well. Yeah. Whether it's from a god sacrificing themselves to help build humans or, mm-hmm. or one blowing blowing the yeah. breath in and accidentally blowing out his yeah that's right his, his uh, uh, virtue spark. His, yeah, yeah like oh shoot <laughs> like into human beings and then you know yeah so it's and um also uh because i listened to this a few more times um you know so and so i went back and listened to some of the things and um, there's a part in in here um, where it talks about kind of the four elements that human, the human body. It's uh, sorry, it's on page seventy, Brandon. Um, Mark didn't even tell me where he was at. But anyway, so it kind of goes into the four elements. You know, water, air. What is it? Water, air, fire, and, and earth. Earth. You know, but there's a fifth part. Nice. Uh, that's human consciousness and it says, and in humans, consciousness is added to understanding. Only this fifth part is granted to humanity and it comes from the ether. Yeah, so that's what I was going to ask. Is that, so is this, is this consciousness equated with, uh, ether? You know, uh, well it is, but I, I, I was like, wait, maybe the true fifth element. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, they, they talk about that a lot, like uh, in alchemy and stuff, Yeah, you know, but the real true, fifth element is human consciousness i like that's deep because it's the thing that that you can take the other four elements and create different things with it but also it's like a a special power i don't know it's like it's the thing with it's the thing that you can rule the uh, the other element the four elements yeah one one element to rule them all yeah and that's the fifth element which is consciousness no, so that's, anyway, that's great. I like that. That was a very insightful, Mark. But that's just 
little something on it, I thought. Well, don't discount it. I've already I'm already convinced of it now. All right. Um I need, I need to look at my notes real quick because I know I wrote some notes. Not that anything's gonna I got a great recipe for buffalo chicken, uh Do you? Do you think uh, that there's any other species that are close to obtaining the level of conscious or 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 have already obtained it just as a side just off of derailing our conversation another way to derail what my, do you mean like in in the universe or something no 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 or i mean on our, i'm in on earth like dolphins or something yeah or like elephants or octopuses <laughs> or octop- octopi Octopi. octopuses <laughs> I've, thought about, um, I've thought about that a lot you know like uh you know, we know because on this topic of re- of having reason or that consciousness, as first as first talked about in even the poemandries of him him telling, talking about how reason, you know, yeah, is the difference. And there's other, you know, most. It's almost like there's a. I mean, if you if you think evolutionary, not that I'm saying that we come from monkeys. I'm not. I'm, yes or no. That's not my point. But the thing is, like. Is, do you think there's a different another species that's on the verge of also um, having their story start? You know, oh, like I, elephants and stuff. Like their level, their level elephi, <laughs> like their level of consciousness that they have. If an elephant and a rhino got together, oh, elephino. <laughs> oh, that's a real joke. Yeah, okay. that was that old joke. Okay. But, Anyways, that's and, I I don't think so, but. Well, because according to the according to this kind of lore, there wasn't any evolution. This is what it wasn't evolutionary at all. It was like the gods gave them their spark. They gave they they, they took humans. They made humans with the peace of God in them, right? With that fifth element. Yeah. Seems so like- in this in this thinking, then yeah, there's no there's no there's no there's no like a there's no elephant like a god that's. Could- yeah, but eventually, I mean, if a monkey could get consciousness, I guess. Sure. If if you were yeah. going the way you're saying with evolution and stuff, I don't sure. know. Anyway. That's that's my first uh, derailing conversation of the podcast. Let's, keep on, let's continue. Well, I mean, they believe all kinds of weird stuff in here, too. Yeah. With these different spirits and stuff. and I love the, that the part. The da- demons yeah. and, you know, the uh around so it's not sure it's not just black and white either because he's like oh well the anyway well um let's see where we're going next i've got what are you on 78 yeah i've got i've got the or did you have more you wanted no, to No, I think we're good. We can move past that. Okay, so in verse in twenty um Asclepius is asking for a little more uh explanation or clarity, you know? Yes. And yes. he said and then he says, Asclepius, God, Father, Master of all, whatever name people used to call him something holier or more reverent, a name that should be sacred among us because of the understanding we have. Oh, this is all about the name of God. I thought this is interesting. But the syllables and stuff and the... Well, just saying like... 
Um, given the greatness of this divinity, none of these titles will name him precisely. If a word is this, the sound of spirit striking the air and declaring a person's whole wish or meaning as his mind happens to grasp it from the sense senses, a name, its whole content defined and circumscribed composed of a few syllables providing the necess necessary exchanges between hu human voice and ears. So he's like, kind of like you can't even name it because you can't, you know, you just, just trying to say, you know, God's name or whatever you can't yeah. justly describe. Yeah. Yeah. I like think human. I mean, you can exactly. I had, I was talking to someone about this the other day, actually, you can name, you can come up with a name for God. You know, just Henry, right? But or Jove. But, yeah, there you go. We'll do Jove. Jove. Right. But but to come up with a name that adequately, like, you know, art, articulates what God is, right? And that's the way people used to. That's what he's saying. He's like, yeah. Because that's what names. The, the, what my question. The point is that someone asked me just a few days ago, actually. Hey, like, what do you think? They were asking me about the difference between the name Abram and Abraham. And I was talking about the, the Hebrew, you know, the roots of the Hebrew name and stuff. And then after all this long discussion, I eventually said, but the thing is, is like, I wouldn't be surprised if his name actually wasn't Abraham anyways. If after thousands of years, that's just what we call him today. You know, it's ironic. Is that he has ham in his name. And Jew, Jewish people can't eat, don't eat ham. Oh, it's very, yeah. I wonder if Abraham had that. I don't think he had no, that restriction. He wasn't Jew, Abraham wasn't Jewish. <laughs> don't, was, don't tell the Jewish people that. <laughs> it's true. He was living under a whole different thing. All that law of Moses and stuff is was it was a, a new invention. And as after they came out of Egypt, yeah, probably a lot of influence from Egypt. I mean, so they say, they say that Ham means like peoples or nation, right? So Abraham means the father of people, oh, father yeah, of nations. Yeah. But what if they literally loved the Ham? <laughs> he was a pig farmer, father of Ham, father of bacon. <laughs> He's the one that invented the baconator, Wendy's baconator. <laughs> That's interesting, though. Yeah, because you 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 see the you're just like, what is what what you never. Like there's no never a clarity to what exactly Abraham's faith was or what yeah, what yeah. what his the rules were, you know what I'm saying? Like for because uh, because later with Moses you get a whole list of yeah. rules a law. It's it's actually one of the funnest parts about what we talk about is Abraham's generation. I was like the Wild West. Like yeah. there wasn't any like. He was kind of going, he was learning as he went. And as the stories go, like, he was kind of a uh, profound, far more profound figure than just like a, a religious leader of the time. Well, think about it. He was making his his altars and stuff just out of unhewn stones and stuff, just stacking them up. It wasn't until they went down to Egypt and then came out of Egypt where there was temples that were built that yeah. they built their tabernacle mm -hmm. that is base is the basic i mean but it's the basic structure of an egyptian temple too sure yeah you're right anyway it's just weird it's just strange 
That's my second derailing of the. No, this is it's good. I like. But anyways, my point is is like, and I, my point to this to my my friend was is like at the very end of all this discussion about Abram and Abraham and the differences in the names, it's like, but I don't think that that was probably he. I I wouldn't be surprised if his name was like Henry, you know, and it didn't necessarily mean anything, but today when writers write about him. And after after the language is being dead and dead and dead and and after like thousands and thousands of years, we know this guy that was in charge of things. We know this father of all these different peoples. And so when we write about him, you know, we write Abraham. Yeah. Kind of like you were saying a while ago about Peter or was it Peter or? Me, was something about like James. That was it. James. Oh, yeah. You're like, that wasn't even the guy's name. It was yeah. Jacob. Jacob. Yeah. Yaakov. Yeah. I mean, but there's a whole thing on the lectures on faith where they're remember, uh, talking about Peter, mm-hmm. like people going up to heaven and looking for Peter to get through the pearly gates. And you could you you'd be using the wrong name so you couldn't find him or something like that. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> there you go. We don't, it's we just like it doesn't matter. Like here. the name doesn't matter really. Yeah. You're like, is there a is there a rock? I'm looking, I'm looking for a for, rock. I'm looking for Peter. And it's like anyway. I well. So uh, okay. So anyway, there's he's talking about God, and he's like. You know what? You you can try to put words together. You like like the whole oh, the, and this goes with the Jewish thing. The whole tetragrammaton, mm-hmm. you know, right? That's what it's called. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The four four consonants. Yeah, yeah. there's like or the, the four characters. The yeah yod hey vav hey yeah, but uh, like and they're like it's so sacred you can't even speak it. And nobody knows how to speak it and. It's all this different stuff, and you get into the Kabbalion or Kabbalah and stuff. There's all this weird, like, mm-hmm. well, when you read through, and if you read through a uh, Jewish um, Tanakh, right, an Old Testament, uh-huh. instead, at least ones that I have, instead of when you get to the, a lot of them, just puts the word Hashem in instead, which means the name. So when you're reading it, you don't even have Yod Hey Vav Hey. It, oh, okay. it says Hashem. Yeah, and so you, you you get you get comfortable saying Hashem because they believe that you shouldn't even say it, or that you can't say it. Yeah, and so they replace it like they actually replace it with Hashem, which means the name all over the place. So it's, it's just it's this weird thing where where Hermes here is is trying to say, hey, it's you know you couldn't even begin to even try to name God. You know, because it encompasses so much. But then the Jewish people are like, uh, you don't even dare say the four letter, you know, the yeah. don't say it too much, you know. Yeah, you're anyway. in trouble. You're in trouble. But uh, so anyway, I, anyway, uh, he's just saying, hey, you're. He says, even the few syllables that you can say and provide a necessary exchange between human voice and ears. The whole of God's name also includes uh, meaning and spirit and air and everything at once that is in them or through them or from them. No, I cannot hope to name the maker of all majesty, the father and master of everything, 
with a single name. See, so to, to, to think that you can just, that somehow you can name him with a single name, that there is a single name, is just, uh, if, according to Hermetics, is kind of a... Waste of time. Yeah. Um, even a name composed of many names, he is nameless, or rather he is all names, since he is one and all. So that one must call all things by his name, or call him by the names of everything. Um, God, the only, and the all, completely full of fertility of both sexes, and ever pregnant with his own will, always begets whatever he wishes to procreate. His will is all goodness. Anyway. Yep. So, that's an interesting idea, is like, like they don't people are like don't say god's name you're you're blaspheming mm-hmm. him and it's like to think that you can you're able to even blaspheme god you know <laughs> or you say his name is yeah yeah don't even don't think so highly of, of yourself yeah when yeah all you're doing is 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 making sounds grunts out of your mouth like and somehow that makes god lose his power or something you oh, know oh yeah sure yeah by naming him anyway so and then he, but he says he is full of fertility of both sexes and ever pregnant mm-hmm. of his own will. Yeah, principle of gender, right there. Yeah, yeah, that confuses um, Asclepius a little bit. Yeah, cause, well, I mean, whenever we think of God, what he, you know, the, yeah. the traditional God, he's a guy. Yeah, father. You know, he's got a long white beard or whatever. Yeah. But all of a sudden, yeah, Asclepius was. He says, "Do you say so? Do you say that God is of both sexes?" And like, what? And uh, uh, Hermes says, "Not only God, Asclepius, but all things and sold are soul and soulless, for it is impossible for any of the things that are to be to be infertile. Take away fertility from all the things that now exist, and it will be impossible for them to be forever." I say that sensation and growth are also in the nature of things that the world contains growth within it and preserves all that have come to be. For each sex is full of, that's the word I, when you, you can read it, but you can you say it, full of fecundity. 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 Hmm. Interesting word. For each sex is full of fecundity. I can look that up real quick. And the linking of the two, or more accurately, their union is incomprehensible. If you call it Cupid or Venus or both, you will be correct. I bet, it's fasun- I bet it's pronounced fasundity, but yeah. Um, Means the ability to produce an abundance of offspring or new growth. Fertility. Yeah. So, yeah fertility could, could yeah, be another. Yeah. So yeah, he's saying like, hey, you call it, call it Venus, call it Cupid. You'll be, you'll, you're correct on both ways. But he's saying God's got to be, he's a creator. So of course he's yeah, both, both sexes, which is kind of like, what? Yeah. You know, cause we were think we're limited by totally male, female. Yeah. So we're like, what is some weird androgynous person or and, something? And we're only, and we're only limit on most of our, most of us, the scope of our understanding of gender is just a, our physical form. Yeah. And so it's like, huh, why would you 
that's impossible, you know. Um, but it's not. I mean, even I think even uh, I'm saying he's he's saying he's kind of saying like human beings. Hum- to be human is to be both sexes. I mean, obviously, yeah. You know, me and you are you know, the male portion of it. And then, you know, our wives are the female portion of it, but a human being is not sure. one Correct. or of the other sex. It's both. That's right. And that's what he's saying. He's like, Hey, everything that, that produces and, you know, offspring and stuff is of both sexes. That's right. So. And even if they're, even if their physical manifestation is, obviously one of those internally both exist yeah yeah so and then it goes into the mystery of sex which is interesting this is the part where it's like ooh, this is probably one of the more popular parts you know what's i think i told i might i might told you this there's in the in the um in the nag hammadi library there's like there's like some is part of the book of Asclepius yeah. was found, but it's as a lot of the texts are, in, or a lot of the scrolls are, it was in like, it was like in patches and sections, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Or fragments. Mm-hmm. And one of the fragments that remains is this, this part, part right here. They're all like, Hey, we're <laughs> keeping this part. Yeah. That's the interesting thing in the Nag Hammadi library is that there's three different books of, of the Hermetica and there's, there's a one book that's not even doesn't even exist in the in the outside in the known, that, in the known Hermetica. Yeah, yeah, the of the eighth and the ninth. Yeah, it's called. So, which is interesting because, you know, we have this Hermetica, but then that's it's they. You would think that they would add that one to it to the. I bet more like, recent edition. I bet they're just like speculative of it, maybe, or or else maybe it's fragmented to the point they don't want to. It's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty long. full. It's pretty full. It's pretty, yeah. Pretty I mean, complete. it's, uh, it's, I mean, it's not quite, it's not like as long as Asclepius, but it's, so this uh, one, the Asclepius has fragmented quite a bit from what I've read. In fact, yeah, I many, many years ago when we were still doing like Porter clap, when we were still, when we were still, when we were still under the tutelage of Porter, right? Yeah. Um, this I read. I was looking through the Nag Hammadi texts and I read, I found Asclepius. I had no idea what hermeticism was at the time. Yeah. That even, it was, it was even a thing about it, but I found Asclepius and I remember reading like, Oh, what's this book right here? And I started reading it and I'm like, Whoa, hey, this is, heck? this is, they were a weird sex cult. Yeah. That's what they, <laughs> like, what? Okay. Well, let's get into this. Cause yeah, if you, if you just read this part, you're like, what the heck are these guys like? Because this is pretty uh, explicit, you know, like the most, the, what are you looking for? If you have Nagamati in here. Um, no. I have it, but it's yeah. uh, not in here. That's fine. This is, this will suffice right here. But uh, it's, it's pretty explicit for an old timey book, especially a scripture. Yeah. What would be considered scripture, but they, they weren't, they. Yeah. How do you explain that? It's almost like it, like at least my, how I envision it is it, it's, it, it's, it's just, 
it's just too real to be explicit back then. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah. like something that it's it's if you think about it nowadays, it's something that everybody's doing, you know, but nobody's talking about. It's funny. <laughs> you know, it's something that to the point where anyway. it's, be- it's become explicit. Yeah. But what if like it was just in everybody's just normal speech at the dinner table? You know, would it that be explicit? Would, be would it be like. Would you have would would your mind be in the gutter if it was more commonly dis- discussed? Like, well, you know how the you know, yeah, some people might be more comfortable. It might not be so taboo. Anyway, well, let's uh, let's let's read this because okay. uh, the grasp it's like grasp this in your mind. <laughs> like, hey, think about this, and then Tad's like, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> i mean because I mean, you know whatever you, you, if you ever think about your parents you're like no i don't even want to think yeah, yeah. about that well the, the first line is really interesting because it kind of like we just okay. said he says grasp this in your mind as truer and plainer than anything else it's like hey let me explain this to you and don't think about it as simple terms yeah don't, don't like think don't think about... about it the way that you and your friends i when you, when you guys are out playing, like kick the rocks, think about it, talk yeah. about it, and, and like and slur it. Think about it in the in actual the real that reality. He says, uh, "So grasp this in your mind as truer and plainer than anything anything else that God, this master of the whole of nature, devised and granted to all things this mystery of procreation unto eternity, in which arose the greatest affection, pleasure, gaiety." Mm-hmm. Desire and, and love divine happiness. Yeah, I love gaiety. I mean, yeah, they, they yeah, Brandon. Yeah, the, the gaiety. Gaiety is an interesting word because uh, you rarely see it written that way, mm-hmm. right? Uh, one should explain how great is the force and compulsion of this mystery. Okay, this. Uh, I just want to say this is an interesting way that he's talking about procreation or sex. Is that he's saying he's. Okay, he's like, hey, this is through this arises the greatest affection, pleasure, happiness, desire, and love divine. This is like a beautiful thing. Yeah, this isn't remind me of a story. Okay, go ahead. But this isn't like this isn't like the original sin kind of thing. Sure, you know where totally where like the, the that it's through sex that the original sins passed on. You know or whatever sure it's true so he's like hey this is a this is a good thing there's there's goodness that comes from from it okay yeah once you explain how great is the force and compulsion of this mystery were it not that each individual already knows from contemplation and inward consciousness yeah most people you already know that it's a pretty powerful thing so. for if you take note on that final moment to which we come after to which we come after constant rubbing when mm-hmm. each of the two natures pours its issue into the other and one hungrily snatches from the other and buries it deeper. Finally, at that moment, from the common coupling, females gain the potency of males and males are exhausted with the lethargy of females. Therefore, the act of this mystery, so sweet and vital, is done in secret so that the divinity that arises in both natures from the sexual coupling should not be forced to feel the shame 
that would come from the laughter of the ignorant if it happened in public, or much worse if it were open to the sight of irreverent people. Yeah. So like, yeah, totally. Basically explains, I mean, the act pretty, <laughs> you know, I mean, openly. So he, so basically, her, uh, the Trismegistus was like, Sclepius, close the door. I'm gonna talk to you about something. <laughs> but it, like, yeah, he, he, and I like how he, uh, I like how he does take note of like how, you know, the ignorant people, you know, their laughter and how it's like don't, how they they basically slaughter the whole concept and they turn it into something uh, profane. Yeah. Yeah. But I like where he's like the the potency of the males, you know, are is given to the female, and then the the you know the guy's like exhausted after that. Yeah, it's almost like when you're reading that part, you'd almost get like this. At least I do. So I'm not sure if that's if it's if if uh, maybe I just saw it in a different way. But you almost get like this vision of like a a kind of like primal alchemy you know yeah of like creation yeah you know that that's the that's the whole thing is that he's like dude this is a gift that god gave gave every gave you know uh creation and that well yeah and, and that's that's one of the reasons it's done in private so people aren't just like ah pointing fingers and you know whatever and you know and if you look at the uh if you look at the the different layers of of the different layers of spe- of uh of um life right mm-hmm. uh it, this kind this starts in the in the mammal kingdom the ma- mammals and up right this type of thing does it's done in a different way below that like it's more like a you know, it's more like a bird lays eggs, and then later on, a, another bird comes and just like fertilizes them, and then takes off. I don't think that's the way that works, Brandon. You don't think so? No. The <laughs> have you ever seen a duck penis? <laughs> no. It's it's crazy. Oh. Anyway, but no, <laughs> no, they're okay. Like, there's different fish and stuff that do that, but but in the bird so, kingdom, oh, maybe birds they, are different. They now. actually have to have. Oh, they okay. actually have birds to. are different. I was <laughs> a fertilized egg. Yeah, their eggs have to be fertilized. Let's take like before. A, let's take then like a different like a, repti- a reptile <laughs> Brandon, or something. Do you, do we need to talk about the birds and the bees? We're gonna change the <laughs> topic of this episode. <laughs> So you want to know about sex, do you? <laughs> no, I was thinking that like. Um, anyway, I was I've, thinking that like, but in the mammal kingdom, the fertilization is an internal process, right? Rather than external. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, the well, the yeah, because the the yeah, it's growing inside of the mammal. Yeah, yeah. and then there's the marsupial. Mm. Yeah, what the what the? It's like crazy, but uh, that's funny. <laughs> but there are di- anyway. Next episode, we'll have to do a, a deep dive into the what a duck's thing looks like. And no, I haven't seen. I don't know how. Uh, where I don't. It's like a corkscrew. It's... Oh, I. You know what, man? I think I've heard of that. <laughs> so I sit on the. Me and my daughter once a month. We go and we do what we call peace mode. 
we go down to the park, we bring some books, and we just sit on a bench and just read some books. Okay. And just talk every once in a while. And there's tons of ducks out there. So we, have, I find myself basically reading very little and just watching the ducks for like an hour. Yeah. Never seen the corkscrew yet, but well, I've seen yeah, lots of ducks. It's not like a dog, you know, where... <laughs> I don't, yeah, I I think you have to look it up. It's not something that just pops out. You know why? Because because uh, what does Hermes say? He, this they, is such a sweet and vital that it yeah it's done in it, secret. So yeah, that divinity. They, they get a room, Brandon. Yeah, they, they respect it. Ducks respect that. They don't want the ignorant other ducks to be laughing in their irreverence. But and I I like the take. You know, and the honesty, and probably because this is just, there's just four people total, you know, that Hermes felt that he could talk this way, you know, out in the open. Oh, yeah. yeah about he, he it. Because this was, this isn't one that's meant for everybody. So anyway, so, uh, so not only is, is God of both sexes according to you know that he can create but it's a gift that he gave to to mankind and to to the animals and different things yep um let's see um let's uh, 22 the reverent are not many in any case no more than a few whose number in the world can be counted that's crazy yeah only a few i mean he's like and on maybe on both hands. Yeah, this is one of those. This is one of those. Um, what is it? This, the the straight is the way and narrow is the path. Yeah, and fewer that are that find it. Type and of thing. he's like, dude. I mean, when I say few, yeah, I mean few. Yeah, exactly. Because I know what what today when you get if you're like in like a Bible class or a church class or and your people are reading that biblical there's a few different places where that's found right we're all them yeah it's like you kind of want to stand out i know that i've wanted to be like hey i think that they actually really mean few like we shouldn't like we shouldn't just we shouldn't stretch what few means (laughs) you know a few doesn't mean a lot yeah yeah a few uh, uh, what what people will say is a few but in comparison comparison to to billions of people yeah Well, he's saying no more than a few whose number in the world can be counted. He's like, I can even, I can count them. I can count on one hand right now. Bob, Jim, Rachel. No, he's like, Asclepius, (laughs) Hyman, Tat, me. It's like, welcome. (laughs) The four guys that I, so, uh, and he says, whence it happens that Evil remains in the many because they lack wisdom and knowledge of all the things that are. Scorn for the vices of the whole world and a cure for those vices comes from understanding the divine plan upon which all things have been based. So there's actually a divine plan. He reworked, you know, he actually, he gives a term to that divine plan later on. He does? Yeah. He doesn't like say, and this is what I mean by divine plan. But I'll mention it later. Okay. Um, but when he says, but th- when, when ignorance and folly persist, all vices thrive and wound the soul with un- incurable disorders. Yep. Oh, I love that. That's, that's, Tainted that's and corrupted cool by them. Psychology. It's like, it's the, 
ignorance and folly, which gives us these, puts us in the state, our minds in our in a state where we can't become good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Uh... Incurable that wound the soul with incurable disorders. Tainted and corrupted by them, the soul grows inflamed as if poisoned, except the souls of those who have the sovereign remedy of learning and understanding. So there is a cure. But most people aren't willing to yeah, work only through a, it. Only a very few are interested in it. And that's the thing. I mean, because I'm not, you know, obviously me sitting here, I don't claim to be one of those ones. Hmm. <laughs> at all you know i can't it, and it's like dude i'm i'm one of these guys that with these seemingly incurable wounds that you're working on but he says the sovereign remedy is learning and understanding of god i would think therefore since my help is only for the few It'll be worthwhile to follow and finish this treatise, which tells why divinity deigned to impart its understanding and learning to humans alone. So he's going to go on and Mm -hmm. explain why God, why his plan, what did he say? His divine plan is to impart understanding and learning to humans alone. So hear me. So he says, "Do you have anything?" Uh, no, uh, no, um, I do, but it's it's far too long. So we'll do that another time. You sure? I think so. Yeah, we got time. What do you? Well, I think um, what was the keywords here? Divine plan. Yeah, well, I, I I have something to say about that later. Okay, it's really the. Um, well, we can get to it later too. If you... Yeah, I don't. I, I I had some Ralph Waldo Emerson's Emersonisms vibes here, but um, we've already gone over that before. So, okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll go on. Um. Okay. So let's skip to page to the next page. Um. And then. So, like, where it says "among all living things," somewhere in here. Okay. Yeah. Read that for us. Okay, so want me to start at the beginning of that sentence or start from there? Um, Just start from there because it okay. kind of... For among all living things, God recognized mankind by the unique reason and learning through which humans could banish and spurn the vices of bodies, and he made them reach for immortality as their hope and intention. In short, God made mankind good and capable of immortality through his two natures, divine and mortal. And so God willed the arrangement whereby mankind was ordained to be better than the gods, who were formed only from the immortal nature, and better than all the mortals as well. Yeah. Consequently, since since he is conjoined to them in kinship, mankind honors the gods with reverent and holy mind, the gods also show concern for all things human and watch over them in faithful affection. Okay. Well, so the, again, it kind of, because in the thing before, I think it talked about how 
the the demons or daemons or mm-hmm. whatever yeah. were kind of created of a pure substance. Yeah. You know, but a godly substance. Yeah, it was div- like like yeah, exactly. Divine. That's they're just divine. And then so that's but then humankind was was given both divine and mortal and um through mankind's unique reason and learning humans can banish and spurn the vices of the body you know overcome it yeah that's and that it goes back to the um kind of maybe the duck discussion a little bit oh, great. you know like <laughs> just, i keep going back to the duck man <laughs> i'm just saying like you know the lower and what was the way that hermes describes it he describes it in another one of his t- uh, tracks he says that the lower downward leaning intelligences oh yeah right but the more downward leaning intelligences or creature or living live life that doesn't have reason yeah you know they the, and because they do they just do what's completely natural yeah and they don't overcome yeah, they just, they just do what they do. So if there's a if there's a duck that has a, a nat a, has a he's has he, a nature to be a certain bread. way, he's a he's a he's a glutton for bread. Yeah, he has a problem with gluttony, and he always wants all the bread that's being tossed out into the lake by humans. And he, and, is, he, and he hurts other yeah. ducks trying to get it. He's not gonna like, you know what? Maybe I should. You know what? I be I've been quite the FedEx guy. Oh, okay. He's like I've been quite. Uh, this is this has been this has been tor- horrible of me. I, these other ducks deserve the bread too. I'm gonna change, and I'm going to like stop being a glutton, and I'm gonna share. Yeah, ducks don't do that. No, they just eat. Yeah, they don't care. They get what they can when they when they can. And it's not evil though no. either. Yeah, but mankind's got that fifth element. Yeah, it's... the consciousness where he can, if he desires, he can change and overcome or. If he doesn't want to do that, he can just become a total glutton, yeah, and and be what did he say? Where he talked about tainted and corrupted oh, by yeah. and poisoned, yeah, and get you know un- incurable, yeah, inflamed as if poisoned, yeah. So. So he, mankind has a choice. He can give in. He can, you know. I mean, it's pre, It's probably a, a basic choice where you you have to do one or the other too. You know, you can't just be like, oh well, I just don't care about anything. You know, I'll just do like living um, naturally or whatever. I don't know if that makes sense. No, probably not. Yeah, it could. I'm like, I'm well. No, I'm kind of like, me at the moment. I'm like, I'm kind of thinking like, mankind doesn't have a choice to not either go one way or the other. He has to. He has to choose either to use his mind or not to. Wait. No. Mm, I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah, I think I'm not sure if this is about. I was what saying, saying he's going to be inflamed by. If he if he doesn't choose okay if he doesn't choose to use his understanding and wisdom, he's going he's choosing. It's like that song, Tom Sawyer, when you haven't made a choice 
the you know what I'm talking uh oh gosh, how does that song from go? Rush? Yeah. Nice. Mark doing you a still rush quoting Rush. Yes, I love that line. But what is that? Um if you if you don't choose, you still made a choice. Yeah. Let me let me just look it up. No, I, I, you might have <laughs> you might have quoted it correctly. Or very or similar. That's pretty much how it goes. Yeah, I'm looking for the lyrics. Rest in peace, Neil Pert. Oh, there it is. Rush lyrics. Sorry, this is like a total. Okay. Yeah, I bet you didn't. If I bet you didn't think Though that we'd bring Rush into this. Prevent. That's yeah. a great. That's a. You know what? The lyrics of that song are actually pretty profound. I'm gonna go listen to that after this. Where is that part? I will choose free will. Well, that's off. That's not. That's not on Tom Sawyer. Tom Sawyer. Yeah, it is. That's free will. It is. I thought that was part of it. Oh, the mines not for rent is. That's called free will by them. Yeah. Gosh dang it! Mark has quoted the wrong Rush song, but I actually fell for it too. I'm like, yeah, I know that part. Well, now I'm. I'm like. Oh, free will, free will. Sorry, guys. Now I gotta. Dude, Rush is like deep. Yeah. Oh yeah, you can choose a ready guide in some celestial voice. If you choose not to decide, you still have made a choice. You can choose from phantom fears and kindness mm. that can kill. I will choose a path that's clear. I will choose. Free will. I think Neil Pert was a hermetic. Maybe, but uh, what? So basically, after all that searching, it's just basically either you're gonna you're you're gonna give in to your vices or you're gonna f- fight against your vices. You, there's no there's no middle path as 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 a human. Yeah, you're gonna give in to fear or whatever or whatever. So. That's my long way of saying that. Sorry. That was a that was a very profound way though, Mark. But now we got free we got rush in there. Yeah, that was good. Um thanks for bringing that in. Take, that was a so little bit of a choose free will, guys. Yeah, choose free will. You know, work on it cuz there is a cure for your Tom vices. Sawyer is also a good song though. <laughs> I just don't know how I mix up the two. Let's find a way to bring. Uh, we should mash them up. We should do a mix where you put both in there. Let's find a way to bring two one one two into this podcast by the end. I don't know. Is that a rush song too? Yeah. See, I don't know all the rush. I I know the popular. We are ones. the because it gives yeah, this little Egyptian kind of sound. Like we are the priests of the temples of Ceres. Brandon, we are the priests. <laughs> I don't know that one. Okay. I'm gonna know the radio ones. Okay, so that now... one was too long for the radio. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we're getting into we're getting into the a well known part here. Yeah. Now we're getting into so anyway. So uh, so mankind is this thing where he's better than the gods. Okay. He's not. He's not saying he's better than God. He's saying the gods. Whatever you know, probably. 
the the force because in an earlier part that we skipped he actually he does he takes like about 30 he takes about a a minute and explains to asclepius the the order in the the order in which he created yeah things and one of one of those layers was the gods yeah which could be planets yeah could be a lot it's probably a lot of things yeah yeah heavenly things heavenly things spirit things you know but so he's uh better than the gods and better than all mortals as well yeah i love being better than mortals but what he's talking the ones he's talking about are the ones that have overcome not just human beings in general that's right the the humans find themselves in a interesting do you want to Surprise me this time. Oh, well, I give you this. Oh, that's a that is a surprise. So, human beings find themselves in a position where they can be better. They can be better. Yeah, but love, are they? I love being a human. It's cool. Yeah. Well, okay. So now, um, he he's gets into kind of talking about got about statues and stuff. And yeah. I think this is kind of like about talismans and also magic, kind of mm. earthly magic. There's actually one of the, I can't remember what it is, but one of the, and I don't remember if we did an episode on it, but one of the 17 Corpus Hermeticum tracks, right? I can't remember. I think it's like nine or eight or something. Um, there is some discussions on this topic. I I remember it at least. Oh, really? The, yeah, like the... Uh, when you mentioned like the uh, the idols and statues and stuff, yeah, because actually he Hermes is giving some. He's actually saying that mankind makes these little statues and puts can put like little. Actually, they can work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you know, like and that's where you get the magic part. You, yeah, you get, yeah, yeah, and that's why I was like, well, it could be like talismans and and then, uh, but it's it's a lo- form of low magic. That's what I was thinking. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. No, that's a cool topic, though. But, yeah, it's not something that we're really well-versed in. Yeah, it's a cool topic. I, I would love to talk about it, but I wouldn't be, like, saying anything profound. Or yeah. I would be all over the place. Yeah. i just saying it's kind of a low, a form of low magic where it can cure people, but can also be used to make people ill, you know, and different things. Like he said. You know, with that part, rem- go ahead. Oh, even dream, give people dreams and, and, uh, he says, uh, statues that foreknow the future and predict it by lots, by prophecy, by dreams and by many other means like these weird. So this is a, this is a tarot cards. This is exactly, this is the translation, right? And this is the, one of the better ones we found by Copenhaver. Yeah. And I didn't go and like, I didn't go like check this against uh, any other translations that I have available to see if they. To see if he uses the word statue or not. I want to see if there's even if they have Asclepius in here. Um, you know the one, the other one that I have by Walter Scott. That one has Asclepius in it. Oh, it does. Yeah. Let me see if it's. But anyways, the first thing I thought because here, here's statue, right? What's a statue like to a? What's a statue? Like it's like a a a construct, right? This like representation, and so I was kind of thinking that it could refer to some maybe even technology, in a way. 
yeah, different types like, of technology. Yeah. That, but when I was reading this part, something that something that comes that human beings create to help. Yeah. When I was reading this, I was transported back to when we were reading through the story of the Seth the the um the sons of the the fallen angels, right? Coming down among the humans and teaching them all these things. Yeah. And basically giving them different types of technology and teaching them about I always say root cutting, but different types of like craftsmanship and stuff, right? Did they have it, it in there? It does have it. Yeah. The GR anyway, it doesn't matter. Is that the GR Mead? Yeah. Oh yeah. I didn't know GR Mead had it. I remember there was a big book in here. I like where you're going with this, because this is yeah. And that's what and I was instantly transported to that point of thinking about them, the gods coming down and teaching humankind about how to cut roots, how to like craft weaponry, yeah. how to, and 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 then the 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 um the kind of the thesis of that whole point was, and it really screwed them up. It made. Or that was one thing that eventually started getting out of hand, and it made things bad. Next thing you know, girls are wearing makeup. Yep, and they're putting what are those or crisping pins and and yeah, yeah. All the the Bible has the Bible they're talks using, about these. They're using push-up bras. Yeah, yeah. You're like the Wonder Bra, like yep, all those things. So yeah, no that that could be that that was because I actually thought that too, but I was like, well, I don't know if I want to explain that. Yeah, I had the audacity to get in there. How dare you? Yeah, but anyway, so okay. Are you talking? Here's, about, are you talking about statues? Yeah, like he's like you. You're talking about statues, right? And he's like, yeah, I am. But he says, do you not know, Asclepius, that Egypt is an image of heaven? Or to be more precise, that everything governed and moved in heaven came down to Egypt as was transferred there. If truth for we're told, our land is the temple of the whole world. Okay. Yeah. This is an interesting. Well, I'm just saying, just the idea that Egypt is an image of heaven. Yeah, this it, is if you Graham Hancock. Yeah, this is the, a Hancockism here. How the well, but this is this is I mean, this is way older than. Oh yeah, this but, is a, this is this, this is something that Graham Hancock t- talks a lot about. But the way yeah. the temples or the the pyramids are the arrangement of them, the Orion's, the Orion's belt. Yeah, yeah, the arrangement of them, and and unfortunately, probably I would say that a lot of Egypt, as mentioned later on in this is still lost and covered in sand. And so there's other things that we can't there Egypt looks Egypt is probably there's a, probably a lot of it that we still don't uh, I mean just the other day they were finding things and every day they're finding things in Egypt that they have like they're uncovering things that are you know they they didn't they never knew were there. Well, it's like I went down to Mexico and you go to the different ruins there. There's yeah. Teotihuacan, and the, right in Mexico City, there's there's ruins that are they're built over it. What's the hot sauce? What's that Cholula? Did you go to the Cholula? No, I wish. I oh. love their hot sauce. Oh yeah, Chichen Itza. It, I think yeah. One of the big bigger pyramids is that it's at a place called. It's at. It looks like it's called Cholula, but I think it's one of the the larger ones. Oh really? 
Yeah. Well, Teotihuacan is like, it's got the pyramid of the sun and the moon. These huge, the biggest, I think their bases are the biggest. One of them. Yeah. Yeah. Like the in the whole world. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but we, we're at one, um, and it was, it was, it was just had a, a few altars and stuff, but there was this, this drag, this snake, this dragon, and it was eating its own tail, like in one of the mm-hmm. carvings. Very, and, and very Zolci, similar to Zolci like Calco. a... It's called Zolci Calco. Oh, you know the name to it? Yeah. Cause, well, I, yeah. Cause I used to have a sticker. I wonder if I still do. Oh, it was in my, but it was this, this uh, serpent eating its own tail. And uh, anyway... But okay, so we're up on like this hill, and there's these. They had you know dug up the ruins, you know, t- stripped the trees and stuff, and it, it was just a like a kind of an altar, big big stone thing. But they were saying if you look out and you could look out, and there's all these hills all around mm-hmm. with wooded. He's like they're like there, there's ruins under all this stuff. Oh yeah, that they they don't even have money to dig up. Sure. And you so have, there's that's, all that's this, right. And this is this is just in Mexico. And that's exactly that's the same thing. That's what um apparently that's how it is like in the Amazon. Yeah. Like the Amazon just has so many things that we don't that we just And because, they've been grown over too. Not to get political, but because there's no oil there, no one cares to like go there and actually do anything. Well, and it and then also it's like, well, what's it? It costs a lot. It's not cheap. It costs a lot of money. <laughs> well, as I'm saying, that's why I mentioned oil because other places that are expensive also to to unearth, but they have motives to do it. You know, where in other places, like ah, there's no, there's nothing there. We well, maybe even like even probably in uh, Iraq and stuff, and this there's probably tons of stuff just buried that they haven't even bothered with. Look at this. Uxmal, Period of the Magician. That's a cool name. Yeah. Interesting. That's insane. But see all the all those trees and yeah, stuff? It's just, There's probably just tons of stuff. They have the one, one they have gonna... one thing that's taller than everything and so they can find it. Yeah. But then everything around it is there's still stuff there. Yeah. I mean it was huge, huge civilizations. Anyway. We should we should go down to Mexico. That's cool. So I've always wanted to go out to like Egypt and stuff, but like it's kind of a tough time to be doing that stuff. When you have young kids, at least. Yeah. Here it is. Here it is. Oh, Cholula. Cholula. Yeah. Great Pyramid of Cholula. The ancient city of Cholula is home to the largest pyramid by volume in the world. The one you're referring to? Cholula. Oh, it's home to the largest pyramid in the world? Now yeah. we're all like looking up all this different stuff. <laughs> People are like, "Oh yeah, this is it. This is the Zolci Calco thing." I was, "Hey, you're doing." By the way, this is beyond the. This is beyond the point. But you're, you're oh, doing a good is. job pronouncing I wanted, those I names. I wanted to show you the, the picture of the, uh, the dragon eat its in its own tail. You can't really see it, but. Oh yeah, let me see. Come at the top left there. Yeah, for some reason you can't blow up the picture or get it. You know, you know what's crazy is that now this is uh, this is not like everybody knows this, but that that dragon eating his own tail is found all over the world. 
Yeah, it's it, well, it's an alchemical symbol, but yeah. it's also dang it, or the snake, you know? Yeah, snake eating its tail. Even even in the what's even not to get even in the United States, you know, the, even in like the some of the symbolism in the in the founding of the United States, there's all these like serpents and serpent like, mound and all that. Yeah, no, no, no. I mean, like not in the United States. I'm talking about like the modern United States. Like in our on our symbolism on our like our 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 money on our money or like or in Washington D.C. There's like don't tread on me. Yeah, but there's like eagles and birds and oh, yeah. pyramids oh, okay. and like yeah, like we have all this like this stuff is just all over the world and it and it continues to like ex- like, but you don't think anything of it. Yeah, like I think the eagle represent. I think it's actually supposed to be like a phoenix, right? Is the American continent's version of the phoenix, rising out of the rising up out of the ashes? And that's where the eagle, one of the symbolisms of the eagle. Well, Benjamin Franklin wanted it to be the turkey. Is this a joke? No, did he really? <laughs> yeah, that was his proposition for the, the symbol of. The... <laughs> oh man! Hey, I'm sure a wild. I'm sure that before turkeys were like. You know, turn into farm animals. I'm sure that they were vicious and powerful creatures. <laughs> the turkey, man. That would make it all, yeah. I've heard of turkeys attacking, like, hunters and, like... <laughs> A rabid turkey? Do you, know, do, you ever know, do you know what happened to the philosopher Like, they never actually went completely extinct. They're turkeys. They're not turkeys. They have, like, that... They have like that gizzard thing on the outside, and they have like you ever you ever look at a turkey and look at it like it's like head and stuff, like it's it's like a it's like a it's like a little dinosaur. Take the feathers off of it. Well, that's just like any yeah any oh, chicken or I think, whatever. I think the bigger the bird is, though, the easier to see it. Yeah, yeah, you know. So, well, anyway, okay. So now that we went off on something totally different, okay. So he's saying that. Uh, Egypt is an image of heaven, or that he- that actually, according to him, he said, be more precise that everything governed and moved in heaven came down to Egypt and was transferred there. That's interesting. Every time I read that, I want to think about it more, but I'm not sure how to. But yeah, if truth were told, our land is the temple of the whole world. I thought that was a cool little. Egypt, the temple of the world. And kind of, and isn't it kind of? Yeah. Like, throughout history, and throughout our known history, Egypt's like the place, one of the, the places that like, That's yeah. the place that everybody went. Yeah. You know? And it's a place, it's a, mis- a mysterious place. Well, then, see, so now we can get into, that sets the tone for what you just said, because it's like this misunderstood, mysterious place. At one time, it was the temple of the world where everybody would go, mm-hmm. you know, and everybody wanted to conquer because it was everything was there, you know, the the Romans, the Greeks, everybody wanted it, mm-hmm. and that the Hebrews and everything all went down there, and it's crazy. And, and he says, um. Okay, well, let's get into the prophecy. All right. Um, I'll start off with Yeah, it. we'll just go. We'll read every other okay. paragraph if that's... And yet, since it befits the wise to know all things in advance of this, you must not remain ignorant. 
a time will come when it will appear that the Egyptians paid respect to divinity with faithful mind and painstaking reverence to, to no purpose. See? Okay, so that's where we're... We cut about that earlier. That's that's where we're at now. Yeah. Where it's like, gosh, man, these guys set up this huge thing, these pyramids, and made they had all the stone, you know, the papyrus and stuff, and it's like, what was... Like, they were so stupid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, they were worshiping these dumb, these fake gods. You know, that's what we... Well, we we talked about that in the last episode too a little bit when we mentioned the the how he her her, her Trismegistus mentioned like people will like learn but they won't learn what they're learning a philosophy yeah, yeah kind of like know. yeah they're not there's like, no purpose to it they just do it like well because you're we're like why did they build these giant things what was the purpose behind it I mean yeah these marvels of of workmanship craftsmanship we can't even figure out how they really built them you know there's all kinds of theories and stuff but but it's like well what was the point it's just under you know under sand now yeah and that the religion's dead nobody nobody i mean people couldn't even read it for yeah thousands of years until who was it i don't know who it was but when they found is until they found the um, rosetta stone yeah. Right. All their holy worship will be disappointed and perish without effect, for divinity will return from earth to heaven, and Egypt will be abandoned. So that's divinity leaves. Yeah. The land that was the seat of reverence will be widowed by the powers and left destitute of their presence. When foreign when foreigners occupy the land and territory, not only to not only will reverence fall in neglect into neglect, but even harder, a prohibition under penalty prescribed by law, so-called, will be enacted against reverence, fidelity, and divine worship. Then this most holy land, seat of shrines and temples, will be filled completely with tombs and corpses. I like that. Where, I mean, the, the imagery. Yeah. Where that's basically what you think of when you think of Egypt. Yeah. Now, yeah. Tombs and corpses. Yeah, I tell you, it's like pop culture. Egypt is about like mummies and yeah. tombs and yeah. I mean, what a what a fitting little. He's yeah. The most holy land, seat of shrines and temples, will be f- filled completely with tombs and corpses. And that's the image you get nowadays. And it's the image that is the. I won't get into that, but yeah, it's. And then we'll move forward. He goes on, Oh, Egypt, Egypt, of your reverent deeds, only stories will survive. And they will be incredible to your children. Only words cut in stone will survive to tell your faithful works. And the Scythian and Indian or some such neighbor barbarian will dwell in Egypt. For divinity goes back to heaven and all the people will die deserted as Egypt will be widowed and deserted by God and human. I call to you, most holy river, and I tell your fortune. A torrent of blood will fill your, you to the banks, and you will burst over them. Not only will blood pollute your divine waters, it will also make them break out everywhere. And the number of the entombed will be much larger than the living. Whoever survives will be recognized as Egyptian only by his language. 
in his actions, he will seem a foreigner. So like this is they, uh, whenever I was reading about this, they were talking about how this particular prophecy might've been, um, influenced by the, the Hebrew prophets, because the, when there was one earlier written that was similar to this prophecy called the, uh, Potter's Oracle. Hmm. And, and, uh, it was after the Septuagint. Okay. You know, had been gone to Alexandria and they, or yeah. they had translated it and put it in the library of Alexandria. So it might hmm. possibly have been a, okay. So, or, or the same story just told a different way. Yeah. Possibly. I don't know the Potter's. What was it called? Potter's Oracle. Okay, yeah, I don't know it. It's kind of it's like this. Okay, it's similar to this, and uh, but um, and and you can I, I whenever I read it, I I kind of thought it was kind of like a Hebrew prophetic sounding, you know, kind of yeah. like this. Oh, this is gonna happen, and and a lot of well, the way they the Hebrews did it is they they wrote their prophecies after it had happened sure you know? <laughs> yeah probably, it's probably pretty common yeah it's like yeah. and then and then you're like whoa how did they how would they have known yeah you know and the potter's oracle they at least according to what i read was written after the greeks had had invaded and taken over okay so it was kind of like a prophecy but not i get it so this was actually uh this is actually like um trying to think uh this is like at like early or late um bc probably right or was it it's 200 about 200 bc okay yeah okay that makes sense anyway i I mean i'm not discounting what what's said here i like yeah i'm just saying that's that's what the i will academics i will note that every time i read through this i find and i don't believe that i'm right so that means i'm not understanding something but I feel like there is a timeline conflict with this. Because like you said, they often what they do is they write these things after it happens. So they're, a, they're, a, they're able to be fairly accurate with the timeline. Yeah. Right? But this one has like a backwards timeline. What do you mean? Like right now he's talking about, you know, and the Scythian or the Indian or some such neighbor barbarian will dwell in Egypt, right? Yeah. Well, so it seems like you can kind of, by that, you can kind of like place this in time a little bit when these things start to happen. Uh-huh. But later he talks about things that would have been far before this, you would think. So okay. We'll get to it when it happens. And even like whoever survives will be recognized as Egyptian only by his language. Right, so like you have this. Well, concept this is definitely of, further than further into the future because this. I mean, even with the Greeks defeating them or whatever, they still kept most of their culture and stuff. It wasn't like I know that there was a lot of Scythian influence in Egypt around fourteen, thirteen, thirteen hundred. Oh, really? Yeah. And so when I read this, I place it. I tr- I play I don't I don't place as being written I place this this kind of this prophecy that they're trying to place it back then yeah but I don't know it doesn't seem to fit well it's fine it's okay we'll, we'll continue and I'll, I'll explain more 
Asclepius, why do you weep? So Asclepius starts crying. Like, oh my gosh. What? Egypt herself will be persuaded to deeds much wickeder than these, and she will be steeped in evils far worse. A land once holy, most loving of divinity, by reason of her reverence, the only land on earth where gods settled. She who taught holiness and fidelity will be an example of utter unbelief or disbelief. In their weariness, the people of that time will find the world nothing to wonder at or to worship. This all a good thing that never had nor has nor has nor will have its better will be endangered. People will find it oppressive and scorn it. They will not cherish this entire world, a a work of God beyond compare, a glorious construction, a bounty, a bounty composed of images and multiform variety, a mechanism for God's will ungrudgingly supporting his work, making a unity of everything that can be honored, praised, and finally loved by those who see it, a multiform accumulation taken by a single thing. See, so it's kind of going beyond Egypt, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, saying that there's going to come a time, well, where people are just not even going to wonder at the world or look at it as some kind of great creation, right? Um, the the weariness, the people of that time will find the world nothing to wonder at or to worship. You know, oh, it's just something that it's kind of. They've become like, yeah, this is not going to be the right word. They're not going to see God in it anymore. Yeah, they'll become like socialized more. Like in a Ruffle to Emerson way. You know, like they'll become more like, they'll stop looking up for inspiration and they look amongst themselves for it. Yeah. And And then when that happens, all the wonders around us are just like, I don't know, uh, either they're coincidences or they're just, they can't even reckon what they are anyways. They just, oh yeah, that, that looks beautiful. That's awesome. Or it's just kinda all like, a bunch of quint. Kind of like, like you said coincidences, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's all just a bunch of, oh, well, it just happened and yeah. there's no, there's no rhyme or reason to creation. Sure, yeah, exactly. So they lose sight of like remember the thing that he said where God, it's knowledge of God and his creation, you know, him in it. That's right. So, yeah. or for, uh, okay. So they will prefer shadows to light and they will find death more expedient than life. No one will look up to heaven. Hey, this is what you just said, Brandon. Yeah. Wow. The reverent will be thought mad. The irreverent wise. I like these. This is like very biblical kind yeah, of like it is. opposites. The lunatic will be thought brave and the scoundrel will be taken for a decent person. Soul and all teachings about soul. That soul began as immortal or else accepts to attain, expects to ma- attain immortality. As I revealed them to you will be considered not simply laughable, but even illusory. Yeah. Think about that. Can we see that in our day, Brandon? I haven't seen it yet. But <laughs> but believe me, whosoever dedicates himself to reverence of mind will find himself facing a capital penalty. 
They will establish new laws, new justice, nothing holy, nothing reverent, nor worthy of heaven or heavenly beings will be heard of or believed in the, the mind. Wow. Yeah, that, that's very um, biblical sounding of all like the prophetic things that will happen and stuff. Yeah. Right? How mournful when the gods withdraw from mankind. Only the baleful angels remain to mingle with humans. This is what I'm talking. One of the things I'm talking about when it says when it's like the, the timelines backwards. You know, like this is start explaining things that you kind of thought would happen before the other events. But how mournful when the gods withdraw from mankind. Only the baleful angels remain to mingle with humans, seizing the wretches and driving them to every outrageous crime, war looting, trickery, and all that is contrary to the nature of souls. Then neither will the earth stand firm, nor the sea be sellable. Stars will not cross heaven, nor will the course of the stars stand firm in heaven. this is like revelation or something. Yeah. Every divine voice will grow muted and enforced silence. The fruits of the earth will rot, the soil will no more be fertile, and the very air will droop in gloomy lethargy. Yeah. It also it's either like backwards or also gives like this imagery maybe of maybe like Egypt at one point being more fertile than it is to, today. It's very like unless you're like right off the Nile, you're not really growing much, right? In Egypt, I guess I would at least my yeah. outsider perspective. Well, that's why they all built it right along the yeah. Nile because that's where. Um. So yeah. So Egypt's gonna be is gonna start like going downhill productive wise and like for not gonna be fertile anymore. Yeah. Such will be the old age of the world: irreverence, disorder, disregard for everything good. When all this comes to pass, then the ma- master and father, the God whose power is primary, governor of the f- first God will look on this conduct and these willful crimes, and in an act of will, which is God's benevolence, he will take his stand against the vices and the perversion in everything, righting wrongs, washing away malice in a flood, or consuming them in a fire, in fire or ending it by spreading pestilence, p- pestilential disease everywhere. Then he will store, restore the world to its beauty of old, so that the world itself will again seem deserving of worship and wonder, and with constant benedictions and proclamations of praise, the people of that time will honor the God who makes and restores so great a work. This is see, so this is like Revelate, like in the book of Revelation. Is it is it an apocalypse? Yeah, or whatever, where like all like this stuff happens, and then God comes down and judges. And re- restore rights the wrongs and that's a that's what's interesting is so the you know apocalypse as we talked about in a few episodes ago apocalypse means like vision right or unveiling unveiling right? right but because so many of the apocalypses that we have today all have the same theme of like everything going to go downhill soon yeah then today people associate the word apocalypse with like the end times yeah. Or like just destruction. 
but it, yeah, exactly. So it, it does like, and that's why I was saying, I think it's, it's, it seemed like it's backwards. So it's either back. This is either like going, this is either going backwards or this whole like apocalyptical, you know, destruction before everything's restored uh, has yet to come. Yeah. So even today. Yeah. So that's what I think. It, and of course, one of those is better than the other for people living today, right? Like, oh, that's already happened. There's already that's, that was something that was predicted, and this is talking about something that's already happened. Because earlier we were saying, you know, a lot of these writings are someone looking at something that's happened and then writing them as a prophecy, but they have pretty good evidences, so they can write it pretty accurate. Yeah. But this one, you have to wonder if it's even like, because when has this like. When has everything been brought back to restitution? When has that happened? It hasn't. Exactly. So it's like this actually actually hasn't really happened yet, and it was written thousands of years. Well, ago. it's kind of like the Hebrew or the Jewish Messiah. You know, they were kept on hmm. like that. The popularity of it built up, and then there's different messiahs yeah, that okay. happened or messiahic rebellions. Mess, you yeah. know, that ended up why the Romans ended up just decimating Jerusalem, I guess. Yeah, they're they getting had... too fanatical about their this. Yeah, they're like, okay, this has to happen. Now our temple's been destroyed, so we've... It, or that, you know, we've got these foreigners, just like this, you know, living here. We need to get them out because we're a chosen people of God. Yeah, which happened for several hundred years. And so so now that all th- those prophecies are still haven't been fulfilled, they're still waiting for it, you know? Yeah. So then they, what do they do? They go and build Jerusalem, go back to Jerusalem in hopes to, to that it's gonna, it's right, happen. I mean, think and about that. Re, that they, I mean, think about how long that's been. Like how I mean, it was destroyed in seventy A.D. Right? Mm-hmm. And they, <laughs> so, so yeah. almost two thousand years later, they go back there, or you know, I mean, not that there wasn't Jewish people living there or whatever. Still, you know, yeah. there's still people, but to to reclaim it and to rebuild it, and it's just like, mm-hmm. it's just what's happened several times. Like they first got all. I mean, the, there are several times that the that the Jews were, you know, like the Babylonians took them. Yeah, or the Assyrian. There was the Assyrians came in, the Babylonians, and they kept on having to come back and come back. They got a long memory. Yeah. That's the thing, because sometimes you think like. You know, like two thousand years, you know, or night eighteen fifteen hundred years, like, and all of a sudden they're back trying to reestablish their whole thing. Like, geez, yeah, I think that we. It's funny <laughs> about that time scale. Is I was talking to my. I always mention the things that I teach my kids. I was talking to my kids the other day about, you know, our current affairs in the world and stuff, and how things are. And I mentioned, like, what's funny is, like, so here in the United States, we have, like, this country, and there's, but a lot of people act like it's infallible, and it's like, hey, we've only been, like, we've been, we've only been around for, like, 300, or what is it, 2000, we've only been for a couple hundred years. Yeah. You know, a few hundred years. And in, in the real, I mean, there's, when you look at time as a whole, like, that's like a small little like there's so much more coming. 
Like we're like in the we're like in a we're, we we think like oh we've been established for such a long time. Yeah. <laughs> it hasn't been too long if you look at other. You know, and then well, like yeah, the Romans groups coming like a back. Thousand years. You yeah, know? and you think about groups coming back after hundreds or thousands of years and coming back to. And Maybe we have a hard, we have just a hard some... time. I guess my point was, we have just a hard time looking back and 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 talking about the way, you know, like telling the the, the uh, stories about when, like in the seventeen hundreds, and it's like we kind of get fuzzy about what actually happened and how things actually were just a few hundred years ago. And then you have like groups like the Jews that a thousand years later are coming back and yeah. trying to like rebuild something that like I can't we we have a hard time seeing like a hundred years ago and and have an accurate description of what actually things were like. Yeah, and they're they're doing it after, after like a whole millennium. Yeah. Well, anyway, I don't know where that exactly. Oh well, we were. Yeah, there might have been no point to that. Um. So anyway, God's going to, oh, that was the thing is that he's going to restore. God's finally going to get fed up with it, you know, eventually and, and, uh, restore the world through like judgment of, of fire or, or flood or pestilence, you know, till the world finally realizes um hmm. or returns to God. What are you looking at? I'm trying to figure out where we were. Before we're on I, page eighty three. Before I before I try to go on a rant. Okay. Oh yeah, I know where we're at. Alright. Well so there's the prophecy. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, um, yeah, uh, Copenhaver has a different, there's a few differences in his, in his, which is expected, right? But in his translation. Oh, then the other, then yeah. the other one. Cause I listened to, I listened to, I must've been Meads or no, I think it was Scott's. I listened to a. On the way over here this morning, I have a 30-minute drive, and so I listened to that prophecy about four times. Mm-hmm. And But it was it was a different translation than Copenhagen's. So there's, you know, this was different this time. There's a few things that I was like, oh, yeah, that's a really interesting point that I didn't see in this one as much. Oh, dang. Yeah, it's interesting. I have to find out where they're at. Like, I have to find out. I have to, like, look at it and find where he t- changed the way that it was said or... What how you know where he decided that it was saying something different? Okay. Because now I can't even tell. Yeah. Well, anyway, well, uh, well, let's kind of get through the rest of this. I mean, not that we don't have much more to go, but so that's just an interesting thing that you don't hear, you know, or think of in an Egyptian kind of prophecy about the destruction and restoration eventual. And obviously, if if this is like some kind of true prophecy, we're not. It hasn't happened. But you know, it's what still has, op- occupied by foreigners. That's a, that's a, that's what exactly what I was just going to bring up. Right now, there's like I'm saying, I don't know Egyptian. I don't know Egyptian culture 
like for reals. I only know from an outsider. Yeah. But there's def they definitely have they're definitely have there's definitely not like a movement to return back to that. What do you mean? Have you heard of the Hoteps? The Hoteps? Yeah. Is this a joke? No. Okay, that's how you start your jokes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's actually like there's this guy Hotep Jesus. Okay. And different people who kind of I mean, it's not really uh a movement like that, but they're kind of you know, uh black guys and you know, that are trying to kind of re get their roots, you know, oh. their Egyptian roots or whatever. Yeah, I know that of know course that. they all they all think that they came from Egypt, which is like, well, for are, are you're from Africa, right? I mean that's like saying you know, but just picking Egypt, that's way up there. Sure. Africa's as huge. a whole as a whole. Yeah. So but they all you know, it's like it's like uh like women saying that you know they're cleopatra or whatever you know black women it's like cleopatra was was a greek yeah she the, was the whole the whole macedonian the whole, or something like that or yeah you? or yeah the whole the whole uh what's her name starts with the t uh that whole fe- that whole line is all greek rulers that took over ty no oh. it's uh ptolemy oh ptolemy pt pt yeah yeah the Ptolemies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's like, <laughs> it's kind of one of those funny things that you don't think of, but I'm just saying like, not, not all people from Africa. It's like saying, you know, we're Egyptian. Well, Egypt, <laughs> Egypt's line. They were always fighting with Ethiopians and yeah, stuff. And yeah. They were always. Egypt's line war. is very non, like there's the, in the, the 18th dynasty of Egypt. Where the, you know, the 18th dynasty was the lost dynasty, right? So, like, you have, like, in the Temple of Ramses, you have, like, the, 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 um, I don't know what's called, the list of the kings or the, the line of kings. Mm-hmm. And there's a wall where it has all the dynasties and the, and the pharaohs and the kings listed on it. Yeah. And then they totally just 100% skip the 18th dynasty. Really? It's not even, like, a section that was there that got removed. They just skipped it. They just skipped it. And so for a long time, we didn't really know who the 18th dynasty, who was there or what happened there. But then we, then we find, and other things happened before this, but then we find, um, then we find King Tut and he was one of the last Kings of the 18th dynasty. And so he was a part of this family and his, his father or grandfather was Amenhotep the third, I think, or maybe it was Thutmose the third. Okay. Thut, that's interesting thought yeah Thoth. but he was the one that he was the one that renamed himself Akhenaten and he changed religion in Egypt to Atenism really yeah they changed it to a monotheistic religion where they what? believed in the sun just just the sun god okay and they, they became the Atenism and so he renamed himself because his name was Amenhotep the third right and he didn't want to have Amen in his name so he changed his name to Akhenaten, which means like something like this. The I sun Amen was was Amen the Ra. Sun. Yeah, well, the, so the this is a different okay. So there, there's different sun gods, and okay, there's okay. there's there's the sun there's like Ra and stuff. But then there's yeah. Aten was like the the disc of the sun, like the like the 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 actually the 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 energy or the or the warmth that comes from it in a way. The rays, the sun rays. Oh, okay. 
kind of like a more like a spiritual way, right? Yeah. And so that, but anyway, so Akhenaten, and then he married. Um, who was his wife? His wife was um, Cleopatra. No, but she's another. <laughs> she's another famous one. Uh, another famous one of the pharaohs. One of the pharaohs' queens, Nefertiti. Mm. So him and Nefertiti, they become king and queen, and he, Egypt hates him. Oh, so that's why they. Because he start he changes things, like he starts like he started on religion, the Atenism. He started like if you look at the pictures of the pharaoh, um, Akhenaten. He's always in the in. The, or you look at the the reliefs they carved of him. It's always like his wife and his daughters in a picture with him. Like he was a family man. Oh, like he was changing the way things were. Even the art started changing. They changed. They moved the capital from Cairo to another place. I can't remember the name of it. Now, that's now in ruins. And and for a few dynasties. And then he was he died. And then a few of his and then a few of his sons. Yeah, one of his no his daughter, his first daughter whose name was Mary, interestingly, but Mary uh, Mary Natten took over with her husband. But the point is, is like at this point there was some Sith. They were like they were like actually had Scythian blood. They were Absolutely. they were not like true Egyptians. This family was not true Egyptian. So not only did they change the religion, but, but they, they also were didn't kind of foreigners. Yeah, and so they weren't loved. They weren't loved. And so when Ramses the second took over in the nineteenth dynasty, which Ramses the second is one of the more popular pharaohs, right? Yeah, they made sure that the eighteenth dynasty was erased. So it wasn't until we found King Tut that we actually like what we didn't. We they weren't expecting to find a fair a pharaoh there buried in his tomb and it wasn't until they found king tut that they started unveiling like oh my gosh this is the 19th dynasty he's like the great he's like the grandson of like akhenaten or something interesting but my point is relearning going back to this like whole like um this whole prophecy is egypt has gone through some points already of like things changing and then being forgotten. See, when's you know, the 18th dynasty? That's what I... That was never, for, around 1400 BC when it started. Okay. In fact, uh, Sigmund Freud believes that that's where Moses came out of. And the one reason why we can't find the stories of Moses is because that whole dynasty was erased. But like... That doesn't like, even make sense, but... Yeah, well, what does it make sense about it? Well, no, 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 I'm saying like... Well, what do you mean? He okay, so he thinks that Moses came out of that. So dynasty? he thinks that Moses was like a high priest in Akhenaten's court. I think is what I haven't read the book, but I from what I've read, Freud's one of Freud okay, Freud's theories was. I mean, if it's true, that Moses was uh, it was like a high priest in Akhenaten's court, and when things started hitting the wall, when things started going south, yeah, yeah, when things started going south, they left. That would make a that, big movement that, of them that left. That might make sense too. That okay, so just taking the the biblical story for real, like that would be like a total dark spot in the history of Egypt, and so you just want that whole because obviously their dumb religion, you know, the the Akhenatans or yeah. whatever religion wasn't able to protect egypt and the firstborn died sure. all the all these plagues and stuff so once once moses left you know you wouldn't you just say okay get it out 
We're getting a new ruler. Well, this... and think about these people. These people okay. all these people Sorry, all Brandon, left. I didn't mean to dismiss your. <laughs> I'm like that doesn't make sense. Think about this. Think about what happened. Is they all left? Right. This group of them left for survival. Right. And like I said, they were foreigners. So they, okay. they were foreigners. Yeah, yeah. And so they all leave. And one of the things that, that one of the pressures at the time was the the old religion was trying to get back the the Amun, the Amun Ra religion, like the reigning religion of Egypt's history. And so one of the first things that happens in this Moses story when he leaves, people start like building like idols and like calves, like a golden calf and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like there's like there's like turmoil in their own people of who they should be worshiping. Like they've been like they're frustrated with what's going on. And so some of them start like making sacrifices, right? Mm-hmm. When Moses is up in the mountain and Moses comes down and like, what are you doing? You know, and like, that's not what that's, you know. And so there's even like this religious like confusion going on at this time. I, to me, it all, the pieces all were all fitting together. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. So. Well, and then they, but like you said, they came out, you know, they might've been, we were talking earlier that they, yeah, they, they went in under this other religion and then they went into Egypt and adapted some of the religion, but kept some of their religion. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And then, so whenever they left, they had all these different rules and they had a mobile temple that now, yeah. so they kept, but there's a monotheistic God. Yeah. And I think, and that's kind of like, where like, could be, that's kind of where the Hebrews came from or the the Hebrew, Hebrew, Hebrew religion kind of changed a little bit. It became more Egyptian. When before that, we, we talked about before we started the episode, or maybe it was maybe the beginning of the episode about Abraham, how things were totally different yeah, in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. yeah so like they got, they got, they kind of got the Egyptianized a little bit, and then, you know, theoretically, if that's even yeah, just a, a theory. That's interesting. Yeah, I learned that from Manly P. Hall, by the way. I read one of Manly P. Hall's books. Dude, what a man! Yeah, he was Manly. Yeah, Manly P. Hall has a lot to say about that. So like. I didn't like get that from Wikipedia. Is that, is that, that from his, uh, the secret teachings of all ages? Um, he talks about it in there. He also interestingly he talks. Have about you read it. that one? I have it, and I've read sections of it because it's like it's like each chapter is like a different topic. Yeah, but um, I've also learned about it in the Secret Destiny of America by Manly P. Hall. Oh, he talks about Akhenaten. Oh, okay. Like he theorizes that that Akhenaten's movement was one of the beginnings of democracy. Like they were changing the way things were. And in fact, Manly P. Hall calls them the first, the first, um, something I forget it was, you know, okay. I was thinking like Manly P. Hall. It's like a yeah tough name. I was like, (laughs) what could, and I, I I thought of this a while ago. I was like, what could be like, if I was to try to get the most manly name. Yeah. I was like, okay, my name would be, Dicks, be manly. <laughs> Richards, your full name would be Richard. Richard, right? be manly. <laughs> now that's a man's name. I just love that his name is manly. So yeah, no, me too. I don't Dicks think I've manly. ever seen that too. I don't think I've ever seen anybody else named manly before. Why? Well, yeah, I've seen close. Manny. Manny. Yeah, yeah actually, Manny. there's there's a couple Mannies. But Manly. Manly. Anyway, so yeah. This like, is... it's like He-Man, P. <laughs> That's funny. You can, use guy. The, you can use the word Richard and make a lot of good He-Man, P-Guy, B-Guy. 
That's that'll be it. He manly, he man. -man. No, he man, be guy. Too bad I already had my son, so I can't change their names. But yeah, name your kid. Yeah, if Brandon, you need you. If I mysteriously have a another another child someday, um, yeah, we'll 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 consider manly. Dix be manly. So I like how you're using a tarot card as a bookmark to that. Yeah. Is that a like a uh, special card? No. no. This is like the... Oh, yeah. That was sitting over here earlier. Okay. I was just seeing if there's anything in this that... And there's not. Hey, I, I want to apologize that we went off... I took us off track about four or five times this episode. Anyway. Um, okay, so let's get back into this. This is almost that name that you were trying to name. Hey, hey, Marner, hey, Marnie. Hi, Marmani. Marmani. He man, Marmani. Okay, so now let's just move on. Um, we must now, we must talk now about the immortal and the and the mortal on page eighty three. Well, for anticipation and fear of death torture many who do not know the true account of it. Death results from the disintegration of a body worn out with work after the time has passed when the body's members fit into a single mechanism with vital functions the body dies Mm -hmm. in fact when it can no longer support a person's vital processes wow this is this is death yeah he's like hey this is there's nothing to fear about it what's death yeah he's kind of so this is death oh yeah (laughs) that's funny that's that. That's what you were saying. This is death. Then the body's disintegration and the extinction extinction of bodily consciousness. That's death. That's it. Yeah, worrying, worrying about, about it, it is pointless. <laughs> <laughs> that's easy for you to say, Trismegistus. But there is another problem worth worrying about. So don't worry about death because all it is is. Your body gets worn out and you're going to die. And it happens to everybody. Yeah, that's like easy stuff. They're, the pro- the thing you need to worry about and is worth worrying about, though people disregard it out of ignorance or disbelief. And then he asks, Asclepius says, what is it that they ignore, Trismegistus, or whose possibility they question? Listen then, Asclepius. Mm. When soul withdraws from the body, it passes to the jurisdiction of the chief demon who weighs and judges its merit. And if he finds it faithful and upright, he lets it stay in place, in places suitable to it. But if he sees the soul smeared with the stains of wrongdoing and dirtied with vice, he sends it tumbling down from on high to the depths below and consigns it to the storms and whirlpools of air, fire, and water in their ceaseless clashing. It's endless punishment to be swept back and forth between heaven and earth in the streams of matter. I like this because uh, he he kind of used the imagery um, of uh, the if you look at the Book of the Dead. Um, gosh, what's that guy's name with the or is it no Thoth writes down, mm-hmm. but the guy that weighs the heart. 
Yeah, they got Anubis. Yeah, Isn't it Anubis, the the dog headed one. Yeah, Anubis. I think that's, yeah, that's like the jackal the head. Yeah, yeah. And there's that mammut is there. Oh, the, to Red, eat the heart, the destroyer. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So basically, in the Egyptian Book of the Dead, you have the scene to where the well, it's in the guy's name was Annie, but yeah. he's brought before Anubis. I think it is. Anyway, and he he his heart's put on one side of these giant scales, yeah. mm-hmm. this balance, and then there's this golden feather that That's it's right. weighed against. Yeah, and it if it has to equal out. Otherwise, his heart's fed to the this weird hippopotamus legged. Yep. Uh, this like it's got the multiple cre- multiple animal it's got creature. The head of a crocodile, the mane of a lion. Yeah, the body. The body of, like of a, a leopard or something. Oh, I thought. And it was then the, hippo- the feet. Oh, the feet of the hippopotamus. Of the hippo. Yeah. Anyway, this is so, and he he says that right here. He goes. Uh, uh, when the soul withdraws from the body, that's right. You're it right. Passes to the jurisdiction of the chief demon, who weighs and judges its merit. And if he finds it faithful and upright, he lets it stay in a place suitable to it. But if not, and in this, he 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 says he sends it tumbling down um, to endless punishment, to be swept back and forth between heaven and earth in the stream of matter. So, the, to me, this is talking about reincarnation. Yeah, the cycle. The cycle. Yeah. So every time the punishment is having to try again. Yeah. Say, uh, you didn't weigh out. So all of a sudden your mankind is, is constantly, you know, that we're barely any of us are making it right. I mean, as you said, there's only, you can count, you know, I can count the number of people that, that know this stuff. So, so it's like, so we're constantly being thrown back and forth between uh, heaven and earth. And that, and, uh, and I mean, just this is not like a scientific at all, but like, and oh, it's you, so you can you can envision like at any given time, the word you know, think of the few, only a few are ready to like, the scale only tips in favor of a few at a time. Yeah, that little little uh, thing that eats the hearts. He's a very he's probably oh, fat. That's why he has a bottom of a hippo. <laughs> yeah, he's got a big old butt, <laughs> big old hippo butt because he's so full. And in verse back in verse twelve of uh, the Hermetica, it talks about this. Um, for the unfaithful, it goes differently. Return to heaven is denied them, and a vile migration, unworthy of a holy soul, puts them in other bodies. Yeah, we talked about reincarnation again. So yeah. it's kind of taken um, some of the Egyptian thing, you know, but then also has a different because. I don't know what the Egyptians thought about reincarnation because there was, you know. Yeah, they had a very, the problem with reincarnation is, is it's almost like, it's almost like every major like religious context believes in it up until the point of living again. Like they believe, okay, yeah, we, you know, after you die, you know, you go here or here. But then they just stop. They don't want like the here the the let's go to, like the the Christian the heaven or hell. Yeah. Right. And then it just it just stops though. Heaven like yeah yeah you're happy. Hell it's like yeah it's you're it's horrible you live in everlasting torment. See, but this makes more. This, okay, to me this makes this endless punishment 
to be swept back and forth. That's yeah. uh, that's the actual hell because you got to yeah. You know, life, back su- life the, sucks. Well, I mean, and to a certain degree, and so it's it's like going through that over and over and over again. I mean, it's it's it, well, life life is good and bad. Here, know? here's 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 the hermit. I don't you know how often there's famous quotes that often aren't actually said by them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's popular. You know, people quote. I'm not sure if he actually said this, but I think one of the quotes I always know, I always think about Einstein saying, is the whole like the definition of insanity. Oh, doing the same thing. Doing the same thing over. over and over again. Yeah, yeah. You know, that would be perfect for the idea of hell. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is being born in the, and doing the same things over and over again. Yeah. And if you have any point of clarity in between, it's like, oh my gosh. Okay, that's like the hundredth time. Then try again. You know? Like, uh, well, yeah. And um, if you, the whole like, if you are what you eat type of thing, if you go with like the more Indian um, uh, Hinduism form of like um, reincarnation, uh-huh. then even to the point where like you're on this like there's like this like level there's like this like uh tiered hierarchy of 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 like consciousness yeah and like if you live like an animal then you'll then you might even revert back down to living in an animal's yeah body again i'm not sure if obviously hermit yeah that's not what this is, totally is saying against that. yeah i mean as far as i see because he's like dude human beings yeah, your little soul. Yeah, it's like it, it's the template's different from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I mean, not to because yeah, I'll never become a dog. Nah, I, <laughs> hey. <laughs> um. Okay, well, let's. Uh, I just wanted to put that out there. Yeah, you did, and it did a good job. Um. Are we on? Did I move? Are we on twenty nine now? Yeah, we're on twenty. Yeah, we just. Uh, okay, so I'm oh, just that, jump that, this is a whole punishment thing. Okay. Well, yeah, but for the father and master of all, who alone is all, shows himself freely to all, not where, as in a place, nor how, as through some qual- quality, nor how much, as in a quantity. But by illuminating people with under the understanding that comes only through mind, and then and when the shadows of error have been scattered from a person's soul, and he has perceived the light of truth, he couples himself with divine understanding in his own uh, his whole consciousness. And when his love of it has freed him from the part of nature that makes him mortal, he conceives confidence in immortality in immortality to come this is when this is what will separate the good from the wicked hmm. when he has seen the light of reason as if with his own with his eyes every good person is enlightened by fidelity reverence wisdom worship and respect for god and the confidence of his belief puts him as far from humanity as the sun outshines the stars this is back yeah. what we were talking about at the very beginning of this memory is like why is it that uh how is it that consciousness can be different yeah, among yeah. people yeah. or you know aren't we all the same and he's kind of this this explains hey this guy's taking it to the next level and as <laughs> this is like that common the, thing we always read right what? the sun outshines the stars yeah and one star to first another star in yeah. glory yeah the the what's it the 
in the in the New Testament, the New Testament the, the uh-huh. reference. Yeah. So, but the way the way to get that is through fidelity, reverence, wisdom, worship, and respect for God, and also confidence. So. So if you don't have confidence, start building it. Yeah. That's like a self-help episode. Build your, com- build your confidence. Yeah. Do you want to read 30? Yeah. So eternity's life-giving power stirs the world, and the place of the world is in living eternity itself. Since everlasting life hedges it about and in manner of speaking holds it together the world will never stop moving nor be destroyed the world itself de- dispenses life to everything in it and in, in and it is in the place of all things governed under the sun the world's motion is a twofold activity eternity enlivens the world from without and the world enlivens all from within it dispersing them all according to numbers and times fixed and appointed by the action of the sun and the movements of the stars, the whole chronological scheme framed in divine law. On earth one tells time by the quality of the air and the change of hot seasons and cold, but in time, but in heaven, time runs by the return of the coursing stars to the same place in chronological cycles. Okay, so... He's talking about, this, he's, this is like an Enochism here. Right. Yeah. Going, telling, talking about the the, mo, the remote rotation of the suns and the stars, the the stars and the, the you know the celestial bodies, and about how, um, nothing is, no, So this is a, this is a very, this is a hermetic thing here. Nothing in this situation is stable. Nothing fixed. Nothing Im, immobile, among things that come to be in heaven and earth. The lone exception is God, and rightly he alone. For he is whole, full and perfect in himself, and by himself and about himself. The whole, um, like... Well, everything's in motion. Everything's in motion, right? But at the same time, if that motion is consistent, then is it? it's not, it's not changing, right? Yeah. Well, he's, yeah, he's kind of like, well, everything is... In motion, but when it gets out to where God is, it's stable. Correct. Yeah. Like, it's so big that it's not, like, it's kind of like, I'm trying to think of, well, maybe he'll he'll say something a little bit. Um, he is his own steadfast stability and no external impulse can move him from his place. Since everything is in him and he alone in everything. Unless one ventures to say that his motion is in eternity, but eternity towards which all the stirring of time recedes and from which all the stirring of time takes its rise is itself immobile. Yeah. So it's like, that's like, that's like the, that's how you explain how things are ever changing or ever in motion, but they don't change. Yeah. And so that's what I teach my kids. I'm it's like, like the clock ticks consistently. But it's only it only changes actually if the only it if the t- if you see the all of a sudden the clock hand stop and start turning the other direction, then something changed. Yeah. 
Well, it's like, it's kind of, well, I think he used the pick, the thing of the world. Like you look at the world as a whole, it's, you know, from a distance and it's just the same. Yeah, yeah, totally. But then you go into a closer look and it's like all constant movement. Yeah, there's, there's so much also, motion. There's waves going and trees yeah. growing and dying and blah, blah, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying as as the whole, it's 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 one you know, unit that's un, not doesn't seem to be changing, but when you go in and look at it, it is. Yeah, it's per, matter perspective, and, and from God's perspective, it's stable. Yeah, you go even further out, and where God's at, it's like boring. Like it's kind of, <laughs> I guess it's kind of like a wheel. Okay, so Ooh. you go into the middle of the wheel, you're like, yeah, like it. It, as it's spinning. You're going super fast because it's such a small... Good point, yeah. You know, I mean, you get super dizzy. But the further you go out, the slower it's rotating until all of a sudden... Kind of like the rotate, even the rotation of the sun or whatever. Or not this... I don't know if the sun's rotating. Wait. Like, okay, the planets around the... Yeah. Their rotations. Like, our the 365-day year is only here because that's our rotation around the you know our slower mm-hmm. our rotation you go to mercury mm-hmm. i don't know how many days that planet has but it's a lot less oh, yeah. it's a lot closer yeah you go out to venus and they have their longer days because they're taking you know it's slow going slower around it's got a slower orbit around the sun mark is actually an astronomer if you didn't know Oh uh, yeah, um, I did take an astronomy course, but so, and then he goes on to talk about. I think he's kind of establishing. Um, oh wait, where am I? He spends several. He spends a long time talking about how everything is in motion, but it doesn't truly change. Yeah. Right. Even. I mean, he continue. He, he talks a lot about he, it, and he re he re says the same thing I, like four paragraphs. I think he's trying to uh, give the case that everything's eternal, yeah. even though it seems like it's not. Sure. Okay. He's talking. He's talking about the that, perspective of eternity. Yeah. Um, and then in thirty two, he kind of he talks kind of uh, about a little bit about. It says, but to be mindful of all that it is done, human consciousness depends on memory's tenacity. So, human memory is one of one of our um, mm. powers. Yeah, is to be able to remember and then maybe to be able to change things. That's right. He says the understanding of human consciousness comes entirely from memory of past events. And that's one of the reasons why earlier I was mentioning other species, because you do have a few of these species. You do like elephants, for example. Yeah, they'll 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 remember. Yeah, and it's like, well, they're becoming they're becoming uh, they're becoming sentient. Yeah, I'm thinking what I'm not sure what I'm quoting there, but yeah, they're becoming more intelligent over time. That's know. like in Jurassic Park. That's right. That's they what it was. kept on testing the fence. That's right. <laughs> they're they're learning. Smarter. So. Um, Okay, so let's kind of get through this. Um, I'm just going to start reading stuff and we'll talk about it if that's fine. Go Unless for it. you have no. particular things marked. 
Uh, thus it comes about that we humans see the things that are in heaven as if through a mist. Um, when it comes to seeing great things, our concentration is quite confined. But once it has seen, the happiness of our awareness is vast. So most True. of us, you know, we're seeing it in the mist. But once you can't unsee, you know, once you see the truth, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That all of a sudden your awareness is vast. And then he talks about like the void. Yep. That there's, he says, on the void that so many consider an important topic, I hold the following. There is no such thing as a void. There can have been, nor will there ever be. For all members of the world are completely full so that the world itself is complete and filled with bodies diverse in quality and form. So he's talking about that there's no, there's no empty space. Mm-hmm. In or this like, world. yeah, or like, um, holding place. And this might go to go to with uh, ether, kind of the ether thing that everything's connected, even though it seems like there's space between you and me. Sure, got it. Yeah, that's a good point. But and then he talks about place too. Um. And I don't know, length, breadth, and height. So kind of 3D space. Um, okay. Now I'm just kind of... Okay, read, uh, see down here, uh, 36, under 36, the last yeah. paragraph. So let us turn again to mankind and reason. That divine gift whereby a, a human is called a rational animal. What we have said of mankind is wondrous, but less wondrous than this. It exceeds the wonderment of all wonders that humans have been able to discover the divine nature and how to make it. Okay. All right. So this this is... Um, oh, this is where he starts talking about the different like idols and stuff. Mm-hmm. Did um, you have me read the wrong part? Well, no, I I like the idea that mankind is a rational animal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But not necessarily. Yeah, this, I don't want to so get into. We're the, not. We won't get into it. But this part he talks about how at one point he, humans started to create their own um, gods. Yeah, like own. even like he talks about like Asclepius. He's like, hey, your ancestor, you're named after one of your ancestors, Asclepius. And yeah. He could heal, and that he the the knowledge of him and remembrance of him actually helps people to heal. And he's like, I was, I'm named after Hermes, and he's, you know, um, yeah, exactly. You talk about that later on. Yeah. So he talks about um the fate a little bit. Um. Yeah, I think he talks about cause and effect when he talks about fate. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we call hymarmany yeah. is the necessity in all events which are always bound to one another by links from that from that form a chain. So cause and effect. This is that hermetic principle. Yeah, it's one. It's see. one of the profound ones talked about. It's like you're gonna, see, you know, that there. That and that's what we call fate is the effects 
or the no the yeah the effects of of what what's going to happen you can't escape those effects so oh you know what's funny is we had another text that we were reading that used a different name for this but Hymarmene is the greek goddess of fate Mm-hmm. And destiny, so this is basically saying destiny. I can't remember what the other name was. Yeah, destiny, necessity, and order are basic. The basic principles. Um. Okay. So now, okay. So now we're at the end. Um. He says, "Hey, I have told you everything that a human being could say with God's willingness and permission." Blessing God and praying it remains for us only to return to the care of the body. We have dealt enough with theology, and we souls have eaten our fill, so to speak. Our soul, you know, so they yeah, they've had a good chat. Soul. They've had a great, great discussion. <laughs> Remember at the beginning, he said there's two kinds of foods. Oh, yes. There's regular old food that you eat, you know, to, to maintain your body, and then there's, there's food for the soul, and they've just partaken. Oh, and they're this full. Yep. They've just like, they're busting from the seams right now. Yeah. They got a hypnopotamus, hippopotamus. Uh, I'm sure they walked out really slowly. They waddled. Oh. I'm so full. <laughs> but, uh, and then at the end, uh, Asclepius is like, hey, Tat, do you think we should sh- suggest to your father that we add frankincense and spices as we pray to God? And then read that. Yeah. When Trismegist has heard him, he was disturbed and said, A bad omen, Asclepius, very bad. To burn incense and such stuff when you entreat God smacks of sacrilege. For he wants nothing who is himself all things, or in whom all things are. Rather, let us worship him by giving thanks, for God finds mortal gratitude to be the best incense. Yeah. Uh, we thank you, Supreme and Most High God. Oh, want me to read this part? Or want... Sure. Want me to read their prayer? It's funny that there's a several of the hermetic texts that end with a prayer, right? Yeah. Um, we thank you, Supreme and Most High God, by whose grace alone we have attained the light of your knowledge, holy name that must be honored, the one name by which our ancestral faith blesses God alone. We thank you who deign to grant to all a father's fidelity, reverence, and love, along with any power that is sweeter by giving us the gift of consciousness, reason, and understanding. Okay, so he gives these three things, consciousness, reason, reason, and understanding. Okay, so th- these are this is like some kind of key to maybe getting to know God better. Yeah. It's, yeah. So go. He highlights them. So consciousness, by which we may know you. Reason, by which we may see you in our dim suppositions. I love that explanation of reason. And knowledge, by which we may rejoice in knowing you. And we, who are saved by your power, do indeed rejoice, because you have shown yourself to us holy. We rejoice that you have deigned to make us gods for eternity, even while we depend on the body. For this is mankind's only means of giving thanks. Knowledge of your majesty. See, that's another important... That's the real way to give thanks, is to just recognize... Yeah, that's that's really interesting, yeah. Okay, it, so it's then, really a smack against a lot of other religious contexts that do it in other ways, right? Yeah, like different types of, uh, different types of um, venerations they make. 
Uh, where was I? Okay. We have known you, the vast light perceived only by reason. We have understood you, true life of life, the womb pregnant with all coming to be. And we have known you who persist eternally by conceiving all coming to be in its perfect fullness. See, so we have known you and we have understood you. Yeah, they've known them twice. Yep. Um, so knowledge. Worshiping with this entire prayer, the goodness of your goodness, we ask only this, that you wish us to persist in the love of your knowledge and that we, that we never be cut off from such a life as this. Oh. With such hopes, we turn to a pure meal that includes no living thing. That's right. You kill it before you eat it. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. When I first, I, I was like, "Wait, are these guys vegetarians?" Yeah, I don't know, but I mean, it could be. Who knows? Or maybe in that particular meal, they don't kill living. Manly P. Hall thing. says. Manly P. Hall says they are. Oh no, not, not, not Manly P. Hall. Um, Spencer Lewis says that they are. He was one of he was one of the what do they call them in the Rosicrucians the not curator but he was one of the um, they have like a title for like their like executor their, I don't know one, it was like something or and Spencer Lewis claimed that this group of people that they were um, well I think the word vegetarian is also interesting because like the same like the same people eventually became like John the Baptist was one of these lines of people and he ate like locusts and stuff right yeah so i don't think it's like true vegetarianism like the way the world sees it today i think it's like a different kind probably could be i mean cuz locusts is definitely not a um a plant right I've never, yeah, I've never had one before. But trees, well, I've seen them. I've seen them on. I've seen them on trees. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> is that the rule? Oh, it's on a tree. Eat it. <laughs> it's a vegetable. What's that cow doing I up in that this tree? From a tr- I caught this from a tree. I picked it from a tree. <laughs> anyway, so there you go. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of st- stuff in there too that we didn't discuss because sometimes it's hard to come up. Or to to discuss certain things, and some of it was this not the this is not a this is not like a um, slam at all, but some of it was very redundant too. Yeah, like okay, we just kind of talked about this already, or yeah, this is like a rehash of the third time they're saying this. Let's move past it. But just remember that the whole her, the real hermetic idea is a lot different than what most people think. You know that it's actual like a knowledge of God and stuff oh, yeah. like in the like a lot bigger, a lot more than you would think. It's not about magic and oh my gosh, you know he talks about. I mean, he talks about idols and different things and how those can help you in the world, but the ultimate magic is reverence for God. Yep, and um, or knowledge. Of God, it's right. It was specifically knowledge, right? Yeah. If you this, what's interesting about this Asclepius text is, it's almost like most of the things that are in here were covered in one of the seventeen Corpus Hermeticum mm-hmm. tracks. Uh, so it's almost like it's like another version of the Corpus Hermeticum in a way. Yeah. So it's interesting. Yeah, it's like the extended version. Like, or it has them all in, uh, yeah. Yeah. Or most of the 
because some of the ones go a little deeper into mm-hmm. the subjects and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But if you're, if you're, I would think that if you were, if you consider yourself hermetic, this would be your Bible. I uh, totally. I mean, and, yeah, and I mean not that. And the thing is, like you were just saying, Mark, there's actually other texts today that people associate with hermeticism, but a lot of some of them just. Some of them are like if this. So this is the, this would be like your uh, orthodox pure. If if, if if hermeticism was like a religion, this, these your like hardcore old fashioned orthodox ones would. This would be their Bible. Yeah, and then newer movements would add in other texts and stuff. And yeah, the big question is: Can you be a hermetic atheist, an atheist, and say you're hermet? Or I don't. I don't know if it's possible. No, that's. I think that's one of the problems with hermetic. It's, it's kind of like Masons, where you have to have a belief in God. Yeah, I think that's one of the problems with hermeticism, and that's one of the reasons why. So, like, you have like, you have a big movement in the 1800s. There's been several big movements throughout history. Yeah, and you know more, more about this than I do, but there's been several like big like occult movements. Yeah. Of like people forming like fraternities and building like schools up of yeah, occult yeah, yeah. teachings. The Golden Dawn and Blavatsky and all that and stuff. And some of them, you know, they, they would lean on fundamentals from hermetic philosophy, but their their fraternity wasn't like it wasn't interested in as God as much. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of just cleverly doesn't didn't mention some of you know they only mentioned like as above so below and like and they take a few principles out of all of this and they make like this like this is what hermetic philosophy is but they leave all of the a lot of them have left a lot of the god part out yeah which itself is what hermit the the thrice great said would happen yeah so yeah that the actually the people would leave god yeah, the gods would be like, well, I guess. But anyway, and that's just our opinion. If you have a different opinion, it's fine. <laughs> I don't, you know, it's it's not like we know. There's no a way. lot. <laughs> yeah, we all we're have, just we all have different opinions. Yeah, and that's there's that's the thing is um, there's no like uh, I don't know if there's any way people spend so much time like, well, that's that's not true. This is what I'm not sure if they're. Okay, true, granted. true, true is a tough. You know what? Here, here's what happens whenever you, when you have the, you use the hermetic principles without God, is that you're just become an advert advertiser, you know, or a propagandist. That's all you can use it for. It's like for nothing other than gain in this world. No, you're right. You're right. It's just and or gain for yourself. It's just like without without God or you know, it's like. Yeah, you can use it, and yeah, you can maybe get ahead a little in this world, but in eternity, if you know, it doesn't get you anywhere. It gets you it gets where it gets you back in another body, and that stirring that you continually do. Saying the world uses the hermetic principles to advertise to us, to to make us or to get us to vote for this other guy. You know, That's they right. use those the yeah. the polls and stuff. It's right. They use the, like, oh, this guy's on this side of the pole. This guy's on the. So you, you don't want this one. You pick this one. That's how they control. 
Anyway. Black magic right there. That's black. The blackest of the black magic. Watch out for it. So, okay. Well, um, hopefully... uh, Hey, Mark, I had a great time, by the way. This was this was good. Yeah. Sorry for my sorry for my de, uh, derailings, but I think yeah, that's this was what, good. That's what our most of our uh, shows are are just a big derailment anyway. Deluge, right? There's no organization. Yeah. yeah. You know that picture you put up as the art of the of the podcast artwork? It had like bodies floating around, yeah, and like trying to get uh, trying to climb up a tree or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's a mess. That's like our podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, this is a good long one, and I've already got a ne- an idea for the next one, so I'll talk to Brandon oh, about sweet. this. And-, and I'll approve it or disapprove it. I think you'll like it. Okay. So, All right. Well, we'll uh, talk to you guys. Uh, we'll uh, talk to you guys soon. I don't know what happened, so cool. something weird happened. We'll find out. All right. Bye. Bye.